You are now tuned in to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show. Discover mental strategies for navigating the world of business with your host, entrepreneur, and business leader, Wendy Muhammad. You are tuned in to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show, and I'm your host, Wendy Muhammad. You know, before I made up my mind to be a closer, I was always coming up with some deceptively intelligent reason for why I couldn't close or why my business was not making money. You know, now I realize that I was constantly lying to myself. My ego was big, so my pockets were little. And uh, are you one of those types of entrepreneurs? I got to ask the question. Are you one of those entrepreneurs with the big ego and the little pocket? What was preventing me from selling was my ego and thinking that I was too good to go all in. This is the Mind of an Entrepreneur show, and today I want to walk you through my journey from being a horrible salesperson with a big ego to a great salesperson and an effective closer who understands the value of making things happen. So on this show, I share mental strategies and offer free game on how to navigate the world of business. I offer a unique approach to business that combines traditional disciplines with consciousness. I'm an international businesswoman, global thought leader, philanthropist, and master business and real estate developer. And I promise uh, (laughs) that I'll sell you something on this show today. I won't sugarcoat the fact that I'm a salesperson. And why do I say that today, especially on today's show? It's because today's show is all about those of us who are ashamed of admitting that we have something for sale. So whether you admit it or not, we are all selling something and we need to learn how to do it. Entrepreneurship is a way out of poverty for marginalized people around the world. The process of marginalization It's a psychological process. And I use the word marginalization because marginalization, as discussed in my book, The Mind of an Entrepreneur, is an equal opportunity offender. Whether you are marginalized from the knowledge of yourself or marginalized from your authentic self or marginalized from the broader community because of your ethnicity, religion, background, birthplace, way of life or thinking, then the journey of becoming a conscious entrepreneur is one that can help you find a way out of poverty and open you up to generational wealth. Thank you to the staff here at Radio One and Ms. Kathy Hughes for making this opportunity to share information like this possible. And let me tell you also this. I say this every week, but I I always I can't skip it. The Mind of an Entrepreneur show Um, We deliver a universal message and it's designed to resonate with people from all walks of life. This message resonates with people from all walks of life because we have all found ourselves marginalized at some point in time in our life. It can happen within our families, our communities, our churches, or just about anywhere. Most of the emails and texts that I get from entrepreneurs are really about them being pushed out of the circle that they love. And when you're marginalized by people you love, it produces a pain that can cripple you and stunt your growth. Doing for self, owning yourself and taking charge of yourself can help you to navigate out of the pain of marginalization. It can help you to take control of your life and reduce the emotional dependency that you have on a person or people that you feel have marginalized you. My goal is to help marginalized people around the world gain access to tools and strategies that will help us to become stronger, healthier, happier, wealthier, and to experience more love. <clears throat> and I'm working to create a model using mental strategies that will help make do for self or doing for self 
become infectious. Let me say that again, because I don't think y'all got that one. I'm working on creating a model that uses mental strategies that will help make doing for self become infectious. You know, we just completed uh, the edit of our latest entrepreneur talk, and we're calling it Silver Talk because it took place at the Silver Room in Hyde Park in Chicago. We spoke with Eric Williams, the entrepreneur, proprietor, and great mind behind the Silver Room and the Hyde Park Block Party. We actually interviewed him and picked his brain a little bit. Um, I'm a big fan of exploring the minds of other entrepreneurs because I absolutely love developing businesses and really just the overall concept of business. I especially love to see marginalized people become successful entrepreneurs because doing for self reduces the sting of that marginalization. You know, throughout my years of speaking to now hundreds of entrepreneurs, there are three primary themes that appear to challenge us as entrepreneurs. The first is the psychosis that we have to navigate through, especially as African-Americans. You probably remember me saying that we have to be the only people on the planet whose individual success causes psychosis in people around us. Go back and check out one of my previous shows where I discuss this in detail. It's important to recognize the psychosis so that you aren't seduced by the drama it produces. The second theme that I see most with entrepreneurs um, is uh, that we are really trying to figure out how to build a team around ourselves. So you'll hear this as a recurring theme throughout many of my entrepreneur talks. People often struggle with um, who to trust and other people's reactions to their success. Today, we have very famous business models out here that can help us to understand the benefits of dedicating to a startup or a fast moving business or aligning with a creative entrepreneur like myself. This type of alignment will help you to gain access to some mental strategies that can benefit your own entrepreneurial endeavors. And that big third, third theme is sales. That's the third common theme that, or the common thread that I see um, that challenges us as entrepreneurs. And this is what we're going to focus on today. Many people want to go into business, but they really struggle with sales. They have great ideas, but they can't sell them. People go to their grave with great ideas and inventions inside of them. They go to work for other people with great ideas buried inside their mind and life-changing inventions sitting at home on a dusty shelf. And they get frustrated because they want to be working their own business, but instead they can't figure out how to make it happen. This is especially true for people who are trying to go from being a technician to an entrepreneur. What do I mean by technician to entrepreneur? Well, I'm talking about us accountants and doctors and attorneys and engineers and architects who are specialized in our field and who have spent more of our our career offering services as employees and who realize that they are really good at what they do and then they decide to step out and do for self. These professionals have the biggest challenge. In fact, it is such a challenge that I don't think they even realize how big of a challenge it is. Remember I titled the show Big Ego Little Pockets because it was understanding this concept that changed my trajectory as an entrepreneur. Let me walk you through my journey to becoming a good closer and a great salesperson. I tell my team, if you can't close them, give them to me. (laughs) Remember, 
Everything is about sales. Whether you are selling a product or service to an external customer or selling a culture or process to your internal employees, it's all sales. I went from hating sales to loving sales and being pretty good at it. The reason that I'm going to teach this subject to you by walking you through my journey is because I believe that many of you may find a piece of yourself in my story. You see, I was always a technician. I spent most of my life being trained in an educational system supported by corporations who plan for graduates like me to work for them and become good employees. I was an excellent student and I understood how to be an excellent employee. I spent most of my childhood studying. I know that sounds strange, not playing, but studying. Seriously, I started reading at four years old and that became my mojo. I never thought about being pretty or many of the things that young girls think about. <laughs> I remember this boy asking me to be his girlfriend in around the fifth grade. And within a week, he walked up to me in the hallway at school and said, you're weird. You don't call me. <laughs> I write you a note and you don't write me back. I quit you. <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, OK, <laughs> as if I didn't care because I really didn't, because all I was thinking about was this book I had just checked out in the library. I saw him years later and he said, oh, damn, can we get back together? <laughs> anyway, as a child, I would much rather be in a room with the book than to be outside playing. I used to join these book clubs where you got like 10 books for a dollar. I don't know if y'all remember those. I have four main topics that I really love, but I pretty much read just about anything. I loved world history, um, spirituality and quantum physics, music and business. And I loved any subtopics that helped me to better understand those main topics. I remember in the fourth grade being obsessed with the history of Asia so that I could better understand the Tao Te Ching. I would get on these kicks and these themes and I would stay on them for months. I remember I spent the entire summer between my ninth and 10th grade year uh, taking an, uh, an accounting class and studying accounting. Um, by the time I had my first job outside of babysitting, I knew how to be a good employee. At 14, I had a summer job at a county social services office filing papers and stuffing envelopes. I think it was through like inroads or CETA or junior achievement or something like that. Um, I was good at sitting there at my desk properly. I had been taught that at school. I was good at keeping my desk clean. I had been taught that in school too. I used good handwriting. I had been taught that in school too. I showed up on time and respected authority. I had been taught that in school too. I was good at being accurate with my work. I had mastered that in school too. Not talking too much. They taught me that one too. Speaking to people as I passed in the hallway, I had been taught that in school too. I think you get the picture. If you notice, sales was not one of my preferred subjects, and I was not taught how to sell in school or in one of those books I picked out to read. In fact, later when I became an entrepreneur, I realized that I really had a bias against sales and people who sold things for a living. Hmm. Because I was such a good little technician and employee, the art of sales was not on my radar. My first sales job was such a horrible experience that I decided that I was just not good at it and I wouldn't do it. I worked at a telemarketing company and we had to make calls to get donations or sell things over the phone. I always had a great voice and I was really good at inbound telemarketing. So I gave outbound telephone sales a shot. I don't think I sold a thing. 
I quit before they could fire me. <laughs> I had several failed attempts at sales jobs until I started selling real estate just a few years after graduating from college. That's when I admitted to myself that I needed to turn the corner on this subject of sales. I was so frustrated when I started selling real estate because I could not figure out what I was doing wrong. By the time I had begun studying different closing techniques and sales techniques, but it just wasn't working. I thought that, um, I thought all that was the problem. Okay, let me just study some more sales and let me study some more closing. Uh, it, that none of that stuff w worked. I followed all the sales steps that the companies told me to follow. Um, but I just, I just was not closing deals at the rate I wanted to. I wanted to make money, like to be a top salesperson and get my name up on the sales board. I mean, I wasn't 0 for 10 or anything like that, <laughs> but I closed a few sympathy deals, I think, in the beginning. Um, <laughs> but by the time I started to figure out that the key to me becoming a mogul hinged on me getting my sales skills together, I was stressed out, upset, and anxious because I couldn't figure it out. I was in an office with other women who looked like me who were kicking butt and taking names, and I was mad because they wouldn't help me. I was so frustrated. I was pretty much homeless during most of that period of time, living between my car and friends' offices. I was in the office before everyone else. Well, mainly because I didn't have nowhere else to go. Um, <laughs> but I understood the real estate market and construction and neighborhoods and city planning and urban development better than anyone. I'd studied it all in depth thinking that this would help, but I couldn't close to save my life. So, let me tell you this real quick before we go to the break. I had studied enough about mindset at that time to know that I needed to deconstruct my thought patterns. And what I discovered was that I was scared to sell. But the interesting part is that I wasn't scared to sell because I was afraid of people or because I was afraid of rejection. I was scared to sell because I thought I was too good to be out here selling. It hurt my ego and my ego hurt my feelings. We come back after the break. I'm, I'm going to start that topic over again so I can tell you about my ego. Um, you've been listening to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show, and we're talking about big ego, little pockets. I'm your host, Wendy Muhammad. Be right back. We're back and you're tuned into the Mind of an Entrepreneur show. We're having some fun today talking about big egos and little pockets. Um, before we hit the break, I was telling you about how um, I was having trouble with sales and closing because I realized that my ego was big. And so I was kind of walking you through how I discovered that my ego was too big and um, that big ego was making my pockets short. <laughs> the bag was light. And I realized, you know what, I got to I got to deconstruct this ego to put some weight in this bag. <laughs> Oh, man, I had studied enough about mindset uh, at that time, as I mentioned before the break, that I knew that I needed to deconstruct those thought patterns. And what I really discovered was that I was scared to sell. Um, and I was saying that what was interesting to me was that it wasn't that I was scared to sell because I was afraid of people or because I was afraid of rejection. I was scared to sell because I thought I was too good to be out there selling. It hurt my ego and my hurt ego hurt my feelings. My ego saw sales as taking the low road. Remember, I was a corporate trained master employee. So the thought of sales was beneath me. <laughs> I needed to loosen up and give a little, but I was worried that someone would take something from me. Now, how could somebody take something from somebody who ain't got nothing? That, see, that was all in my head. It was brainwashing from my years of mastering the art of being a good corporate employee. This trait 
You see, of thinking that you are too good to sell and not knowing that you think you are too good to sell is the most common trait that I see among entrepreneurs and most wannabe entrepreneurs, especially those of us who transition from technician to entrepreneur. We can't figure out how to go from being a master employee to a master business developer. We want the business but we don't realize that we have to change our mental and emotional reward system in order to have the business we want. Many of us know how to set ourselves up so we look like business people. We know how to talk like business people. We know how to walk like business people, but we can't sell. And we can't sell because we're afraid of commitment and we don't understand the art of seduction as a sales process. See, until I got over myself, stopped half-stepping and made a commitment to myself that I was going to be a deal maker and a closer, I spent most of my time making excuses. I spent the rest of the time doing busy work and lying to myself. See, remember, big egos, little pockets. Deceptive intelligence is real. It helps you to create sound, good intelligence-sounding excuses for why you aren't doing something. So finally, I stopped making intelligent excuses and I made a commitment to being a deal maker. I admitted that these people out here who are salespeople have a skill set that I don't have. And unless I develop that, I am wasting my time. I realized that that insurance man who used to come by the house and get on my grandmother's nerves had the mindset that I needed. See, her cussing him out every time he came over trying to sell her some insurance had become a part of my sales psychology. If you came to our last entrepreneur talk, you heard Eric Williams, the owner of the Silver Room, say that he came from a family of salespeople. So sales was in his blood. It was part of his money psychology. So he was good at it and knew he could sell anything. See, my sales psychology was different. I watched salespeople get cussed out for coming over trying to sell stuff. I watched how we got irritated by the encyclopedia salesman and the insurance salesman and the car salesman. I'd hear people call them hustlers or con artists, and I had watched how they were treated. So that was ingrained in my subconscious. So check this out. Since I, was, since I always saw a certain mood or emotional response that bubbled up when salespeople came around, that mood or emotional response became the temperament that I developed around the subject of sales and salespeople. Then... That temperament later became a personality trait. And now that I was a salesperson, I turned that same judgment inward on myself. And I assumed that everyone else was doing the same. Once it became a personality trait, my ego supported it and blocked me from being a closer. Big ego, little pockets. I had to finally admit to myself that my mind was in the wrong place on this subject. So I started training my mind and my body to see sales differently. I went into neighborhoods in Chicago and went door to door trying to get listings or sell houses. I started meeting people and building rapport. I realized that I liked people and people liked me. I was struggling to figure it out and some people looked down on me and others didn't. The major hurdle was I didn't care anymore. I just wanted to be a committed salesperson. I was committed to making the deal. I was committed to being a closer. And so I didn't care what other people thought. I knew that I had to learn to be a closer and that I had to practice the art of making stuff happen. I started making cold calls and befriending people. And I realized that I could be good at sales. 
In fact, I got really good at sales. I grew to understand the consumer and what they wanted. I went to every event I could to speak and to sell. I realized that selling is just sharing and that I should share within and that I could share with anyone. I got good at multi-level marketing too. I realized that I could sell anything. So today I commit to being a closer and I'm not afraid to get out there and get sweaty and dirty. I'm shocked at how many entrepreneurs I meet who are afraid to allow someone else to see them struggle. It also shocks me to see entrepreneurs who never give. They're always taking. It also trips me out to see entrepreneurs who shy away from commitment and connecting with others. Every successful business that I've started since then has begun with some form of grassroots efforts and getting out there and relating to the consumer, understanding them, getting to know what they want and believe, building rapport and using my personality so that they want to support me and so that I can share what I have in hopes that it will get them what they want. And every business that I have started that didn't include those components has failed. Being of service has also helped me. See, you can't be petty and selfish and be a successful salesperson. To this day, I make sure that I give more in service than I receive. I commit to being effective. I now understand that in business, you are only as good as what you can make happen. Because when I was down and out and hungry, there were too many people talking and talking and not enough people that could make stuff happen for me. And I couldn't make it happen for myself. So I became very action oriented and very solution oriented. And so today I pride myself on being able to be effective on what I can make happen. So sales today is about sales has changed. You know, sales today is about seduction or wooing your customer. Remember, most of us all suffer from information overload. People don't pound the pavement as much as we used to back in the day. Um, you know, now they pound sort of what you call the virtual pavement or social media through social media and other outlets. Um, but make sure you build rapport with your customers before you start asking for money or telling them what to do. Establish yourself as a subject matter expert, but most importantly, get over yourself. I used to carry around a card and on that card, I wrote the phrase, big ego, little pockets. And that is the theme of my sales seminars that I teach to entrepreneurs, big ego, little pockets. Think about that the next time you think you're too good to commit, or you think you're too good to get out here and sell, or you think you're too good to pick up the phone or make something happen. Think about that big ego. That's going to keep them pockets short. <laughs> I want you to remember to visit my website at wendymuhammad.com. Um, if you want to book me for an event, you can do it there. I want to remind you guys, we have some blinged out mind of an entrepreneur t-shirts for sale. If you were at the silver room, you saw some of them. Um, a lot of people bought them. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, if you want one, um, all you have to do is cash at me $25 and my team will get a shirt out to you. Uh, the cash app email for the t-shirts is wendy100m at gmail.com. Just put your address and your size in the subject line and we'll drop that in the mail to you right away. Or you can send us an email uh, with the word t-shirt in the subject line and um, we'll get that taken care of for you as well. Um, don't forget to join my mailing list and stay up to date on upcoming events. I want you to text do for self. That's D O the number four S E L F to seven, seven, four, five, three. 
text do for self to 77453 to join the mind of an entrepreneur mailing list. You can email me about the show, about anything related to entrepreneurship at mind of an entrepreneur today at gmail.com. Um, if you're interested in sponsorships for Sajda House, the cultural center, we got a big show coming up about that. You can email me sajdahouse at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook at Mind of the Entrepreneur, and I'm on Twitter at The Authentic You. And I'm on Instagram in two places at Mo Today, that's M O E T O D A Y, and at Sajda House, S A J D A H H O U S E. And I think I think I told you guys during the show that we just finished the edit of the next episode of our Entrepreneur Talks. And uh, we're flowing with them. They're getting better and better each time. Uh, the tapings are better. The performances are better, if you will. The questions are better. Um, I feel better about how we look. It's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, one thing I hate about the camera, though, is that these HD cameras nowadays, boy, they zoom in on everything, right? I thought I was looking cute until I saw the the HD <laughs> HD magnification. I said, "Wow, what's that on my forehead?" No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, but but be sure to check out my social media pages. So I'm gonna make uh, I'll put a link on Facebook later on today with the new show that's going to be on our new um, YouTube channel. And when you get the link, you can check out all the episodes. There's some other stuff out there. We got some great events coming up. I can't wait to tell you guys about it. I'm having so much fun promoting entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur and creating and developing. And I just love what I do. And I hope that we can make being an entrepreneur and doing for self in Infectious. Until next time, you're listening to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show. Make it a great day. You have been listening to the Mind of an Entrepreneur with host Wendy Muhammad. If you would like to be a guest on her show or become a sponsor, call us at 1 844 MO Today. 1 844 663 8632 or email us at Today at gmail.com. Tune in next week right here on WOL 95.9 FM and 1450 AM.